Coffee lovers, it's 1900. It's Friday, and that means it's time for God Country Coffee. We have a great guest tonight. Uh, spent 21 years in the Army. Uh, he's got a great story about God moving in his life. Uh, I, we didn't get to do a whole lot of prelim stuff, but I do know that he deployed a whole bunch of times in a short period of time, and uh, and that's always pretty tough. And so I'm really excited about getting into the uh, um, into the program with uh, with our guest tonight. Before we do that, we're going to do the uh, the normal stuff that we do. And, uh, I am going to, uh, first thank all of our uh, sponsors. And, um, I'm also going to be doing some stuff in the background. Please excuse me if I'm not looking right at the camera. Uh, I've got to get this shared to all the different groups, uh, that we normally do in the different pages, because tonight we're on LinkedIn for the first time. Um, uh, and, uh, and so I am trying to, uh, figure out a way to, you know, without paying a whole bunch of money for extra stream yard things, um, to get all this done. I don't have any help. It's just me. So, uh, give me a second here to get all the, uh, the stuff done, but I, I really want to thank our sponsors. Um, absolutely, Neil, we got to get you on as well. Um, the, um, I'm going to sh share this to the tribe now and then, uh, and then that'll be, I think all the sharing that I do. Um, our sponsors tonight um, are Legacy Farms, um, which is Legacy Farms Coffee, um, which is where we get our coffee from. And uh, they are doing incredible work down in Honduras. Not only do they grow some of the best coffee around, but they're literally changing the lives of the people that work for them uh, in the local community. And I'll, I'll be scrolling um, the... Um, the uh, they're at the web addresses here in just a second. Also, uh, crayons ready to eat, Mr. Frank Mantua. He's uh, they're uh, live now. They are actually uh, uh, you can buy the crayons ready to eat. So if you're a marine or if you know a marine and you really want to stab at them, uh, you need to buy. And I, I'm not kidding. They come in a little brown bag like this, and it says CREs like like MREs. You know, like they come in MREs, but their crayons ready to eat. Uh, they got their co-packer finally, and they got their uh, supplier for for all their packaging and stuff. So they're completely legal, and now they can sell um, uh, completely online. And so uh, I'm really excited about them. Uh, and then our third uh, sponsor tonight is they're going to sponsor the whole season. Uh, our third sponsor is Tricon Tactical Fitness. Uh, Coach Brian Stacy, he goes by PK Stacy. Um, I'm going to go ahead and hit their banner right now so you guys can see that. Um, and then um, uh, Brian Stacy is has his wife right now. They are they are incredible, uh, an incredible husband and wife of faith. Uh, they put everything that they that they do, every trial, every tribulation, every win. Uh, they give all the glory to God. They're a great couple. And um, they are actually in Mexico at a hospital because the hospitals here wouldn't do. Um, they they basically told her to go home and die. Um, and they believe they told their doctors that the doctors were not God and they got more upset with them. And so they found a place that does some holistic stuff. They still do surgery and, and modern medicine, but uh, whenever they can inject the non-drug stuff, uh, they do. And so Kat is actually recovering from surgery right now in Mexico. Uh, and later on, I'm going to put the GoFundMe link up there. And we're not trying to sell anything to anybody, uh, but I am trying to raise money. Uh, they have an angel investor that has agreed to match up to $10,000. Um, 
uh, in funds that they raise. And so they, the hospital down there works a little different than our hospitals here. You can go home and then they'll bill you. And if you don't pay, well, the credit agencies will, will have fun with you down there. You have to pay before you leave the hospital. And so they have a lot of the money raised, but they still need more. And so uh, you can help Tricon fit a lot of ways. You can get coaching from Coach Brian. You can buy products that he sells uh, that, they, that they make. Uh, and then you can also give on the GoFundMe, which, which I'll share a little bit later. But those are our sponsors. Uh, we're very grateful to have our sponsors, uh, especially, uh, you know, you know in, a, in a time when, you know, everybody's strapped. Uh, we don't know where the country's going or what, what's going to happen. But uh, one thing that we do know is that God is always in control and God has always got this. And so that's going to be our segue into our segment tonight. Uh, our, our guest is Jason McCormick. I'm going to bring him on and uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself. How you doing, Jason? Hey, I'm living that American dream. Yourself? Man, I'm, I'm just uh, better than I deserve. I know that. That's for sure. That's and, right. Uh, definitely blessed. I'm glad that you're able to make a, I know you and I have been trying to catch up here the last week or so. And, uh, and, you know, I like to get on a call with, with my guest ahead of time, but, but that's okay because, you know, God put everybody in my, in, in my inbox and in my calendar. And so, um, Absolutely. there's a purpose and somebody needs to hear your story tonight. And so I'm really excited about that. Uh, like I said earlier, Jason is a 21 year retiree, United mm -hmm. States army. And, um, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Jason, tell us, I'm going to be doing some stuff in the background. I'm not that I'm paying, not paying attention. I just got to no. get the rest of this tech going, no, but um, tell, tell us uh, where you're from and, and where you were raised, where you're born, where you raised and uh, what led up to you joining the service. Uh, yeah, it's too easy. Uh, so, you know, I started back in uh, 1979. I was born and shocked in Ohio, uh, you know, and uh, so that's where I was born. It's a pretty small town uh, with good old uh, old fashioned ethics and, and hard work, blue color. And so, you know, I grew up with that mentality my whole life. You know, my dad, my mom was a nurse. My dad, you know, he worked with the, the city and did a lot of work with them. And, you know, I just learned how to work in my hands, you know, and and I was really just I just loved working hard. And I, and I saw, you know, the benefits of that stuff. And, uh, you know, and at an early age, my mom and dad got divorced. And so you know, I, I didn't have that male role model like consistently around me. So I had my I had my dad on the weekends. He always took care of us and showed us everything. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, and then I started to find another role model, which was my football coach. And then so uh, Wade Lucas back in the day, all of them, they're all amazing from Coshocton, Ohio. And I mean, it's one of the greatest small towns I've ever been in. And, you know, I hope one day, you know, I can go back there and, I, you know, but right now it's, it, it's an up and coming. We'll leave it at that. And, uh, and then, I said I was going to go play football in, in college and, um, you know, and that didn't really work out. I, I did bad things, things that just ain't normally me and uh, found out that <laughs> it wasn't for me at that time in my life. And so I I woke yeah. up and said, hey, <laughs> when saw the recruiter said, hey, let's join the Army. And two weeks later, I'm sitting in basic. Actually, today is actually my would have been my I enlisted on this day. February 4th, uh, 1999, my first day of basic training. <laughs> Let me get back over. All right, man. Uh, that's what, um, so you, we had talked ahead of time a little bit about that, you know, you had a little rough time growing up. Uh -huh. uh, you know, you want to elaborate on that or? Yeah, I can. I mean, I, I, you know, it was, uh, we had so much going on, you know, and, um, you know, I didn't really, you know, mom was working all the time. So we, we just, you know, we, we ran the streets and sometimes you got you get messed up with the wrong crowds and um, wasn't really going to church at the time. Didn't get, you know, wasn't sticking close to the, you know, the, the great influence that you get from, you know, being at church and being around uh, um, those types of people. And so uh, at one point, you know, I, I got in trouble a lot and, and, and even in high school, even with that, you know, I had a, had a brief moment of, memory lapse we'll call it i had another name i was gonna say but <laughs> you know in any ways and so uh yeah i, I ended up in jail uh, i went to jail uh, for a night uh, when i was uh 18 years old for underage consumption so it's something that you know i'm not really proud about not tell all people but 
it's a learning lesson. And, it, and I think it put me in, it was God's way of saying, Hey, listen, let's get you back on track. And, you know, and I still didn't learn from it. And, and I really didn't learn about it till, till I joined the service and I didn't fix myself and uh, until I joined the service. And so you, um, what, what year did you join? I joined in 1999. In 99. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that was like, Man, that was, you know, it seems like a lot of the guests I get joined because of 9-11. You know, you were already there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was already out. I think I got out in 95. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I, you know, after having done almost five years. And uh, so what did you do in the service? So uh, I started out uh, and I went in. I was a 19 Delta. Uh, Calvary Scout, you know, I started out that and, you know, doing reconnaissance surveillance, being the eyes and ears, uh, you know, for the brigade or division. Because when I first started, I was in 1-1 Cav, which was the division cavalry organization, uh, cavalry squadron for the 1st Armored Division. And so we, we did a lot of training. I was a state first stationed in Germany. We did a lot of stuff over in Germany and a lot of NT or uh, CMTCs and just that, that's really what I think that my, that first assignment made me who I was and who I was going to be in the service. And still, you know, I had the greatest non-commissioned officers uh, that I've ever had, you know, and I just kept getting great NCOs to help mentor me as I went through. And it kept just, I kept taking what I needed and putting it in the toolkit and kept striving to get better. And, uh, you know, I did that for the next uh, 21 years, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, uh, I remember, you know, looking, and I guess all of us do it, right? Because they always say, what well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, but uh, I always look back and say, man, I, I wish I never would have got out. I never, I wish I would have stayed in and did my 20, you know, or more. Yeah. And uh, and honestly, with me, my my dad was, uh, he was a counterintelligence uh, crypto tech uh, back in the 50s. And so uh, his perspective was unique. And then his youngest brother, joined the air force also and was a crypto tech and he ended up in laos for two years or whatever yeah uh, anybody's ever been in military knows that laos was not any place anybody wanted to be yeah. and um, and so he never did talk about it either but i i knew from a young age that the second i graduated high school i was going to join the service and i even i believed so hard in it that that I was going to stay there 20 years that I denied my GI bill in boot camp. Oof. I denied all the stuff that, yeah. you know, all the, that they offer you. And I'm like, no, I don't need that. Cause I'm going to stay here for 20. And so I don't really care. And, uh, and that was a huge mistake, but you know, God's got a way of working things out. He and, and he truly he does. Took later. But, uh, I, I just, you know, I made really poor, you know, I didn't have anybody except my dad. My dad didn't know any better and I didn't really consult with him either. I'm like, whatever, man, I'm staying here for 20 years. So I don't need that. I don't need that. I'll just sign that away. And, uh, and boy, was that a huge mistake, you know, but, but, uh, again, you know, our father, our big father, you know, took care of much later, but, um, so, uh, let's talk about, you know, the fact that you deployed so many times in such a short period of time. Yeah, well, I, I it, so it started, you know, I, I came in the army just because I, that's what I wanted to do. You know, and I knew I, I was down, you know, a you know, bad path. And uh, I just remember waking up one day and saying, you know what, I'm not going to sit around and do nothing. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go join. And then again, I, you know, <laughs> went and saw the local recruiter, which is a funny story. My mom was renting a basement out to him, our basement out to him. And I was like, he, that was his whole goal was to, you know, get the McCormick boys in the army. Right. And, and we're like, we're never joining the army. We're never doing this, man. Never. And I'll never forget going down to that morning. I kicked the bed and I said, Hey, let's go. I'm going to join the army. He goes, man, stop playing. I'm trying to sleep. I was like, <laughs> he goes, I said, no, I'm serious. If we either go, go do it today or I'm not doing it. And he got up, got ready. And we went up to Columbus, Ohio. And uh, I signed up that day. And so I started my time, you know, and, and then, you know, so I basically I went to Germany and, I, and you know, that was in one, one cab was probably one, like I said, it was really helped me be the combat leader that I was able to be, you know, for so many, so, so, for so many deployments. Right. And 
so I did 9-11 and, you know, 9-11 happened and I brought a whole new perspective because I remember sitting there, we just got back from gunnery and we were cleaning our weapons and I was on Bradley. And the next thing I know, you know, people come in and say, Hey, you got to get on news. It's four o'clock, uh, two or four o'clock. I can't remember exactly. And the next thing I know about an hour after we saw the second plane hit, they put us on threat con Delta told us to go home and get our stuff and lock down the base. And I went on guard for, uh, 36 hours. And I, you know, the first time I've ever had live ammo in the rear and that really put me into perspective. And, you know, so I was like, okay, I'll do this. And I'm, you know, then my, my wife, you know, she was over there with me, you know, and, and then anyway, so then I got orders to go to Fort Stewart and I was like, okay, no big deal. And then December 24th, they got orders to move forward to go to, uh, to go to Kuwait and for the invasion. And so I went there and we didn't, we just had my son six months old. We didn't know what we were going to do. And we, it, it was a scary time for us. We were very young and in our, in our lives. And we just had this kid. And, and so we got stuff squared away. And I went there and I said, Hey, 30 days, you're gone. And uh, when I got there, sure enough, 30 days, like, like March 18th, 17th, I think it, I, <laughs> I loaded up on a plane and went out and linked up with the, the forward unit uh, for the invasion. Uh, and, uh, that was, you know, that's where I've really, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I'll, I still tell this, you know, to a lot of young soldiers, you know, as I was going up and how I, you know, gave my life to God that day and said, God, if it's your will for me to die in combat, then so be it. But I hope take my life. If you're going to, if you can spare my soldiers, I'm willing to give my life for them, you know, and, and, you know, our chaplain, he said, he always used to tell us, get right with God before we cross the berm. He said, get right with God. Um, cause you don't know what's on that burn on the other side of that burn, what's going to happen, but be right with him. And, and Chappie was an amazing person. He, he really, you know, helped me get me, get my mind right. And, you know, I, and I said, Hey, if it's my time, it's my time. And, you know, and I kept that same philosophy for the next five combat tours I did, uh, you know, and I, you know, I remember the first firefight I got into, you know, we were at highway one, highway eight, you know, I was out there on a re- gardener retrans site, just four of us. <laughs> and next thing I know, they're the enemies around us. We're just in a firefight with them. And it was, you know, tighten up that uh, my, my third point of contact really well. And uh, <laughs> and I, you know, and I, and I remember praising God that morning, you know, when, we, when it was all over, just four of us. I mean, they they should have easily ran us over. But uh, I mean, we fought like, you know, like, you know, you know with everything. And, and we made it through that. And I remember, you know, I told you, know, I just kept praising God. I was like, keep us safe. Let us finish this up and get us out of here. You know what I mean? Cause we, we were, we knew, you know, it was just a matter of time. And of course, you know, they, about two days later, they said, Hey, you guys are done. <laughs> but it, it also, again, you know, there's it, just so many instances, like after the invasion, people were like, you know, you, you only have a couple lives left if you're a cat. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't know. And then the next thing I know, a year later, I'm deployed again, you know, back to Baghdad, uh, with third idea again, and doing a 12 month tour. And, you know, we used them all my lives there too, you know, and it was, uh, you know, it was a rough, you know, it wasn't one of my roughest ones, uh, but yeah, I mean, God played an instrumental role, an instrumental role, you know, in, in my life during that time, just those first two. Cause then after that, I thought I knew everything, but then, then with Afghanistan, that was a, <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because uh, you started off with that. You asked God, you know, take my life instead of my troops. And that's huge because I have a really close friend, Chris Middlemeyer, and he deployed several times. And he, I think he was close to retirement. He probably had 18 years in when he got deployed for the last time they'd yeah. send him. And I was kind of shocked that they would send him with, you know, with a little bit of time that he had left in the service, but they did. And, and I remember we bought a Bible for him and we were having our I don't know. I'm not going to say how many years, but it was a bunch. Uh, one of our <laughs> class reunions from 1989. And um, and so I had taken a Bible and everybody signed everybody in the class that was at the reunion signed it, you know, and and Chris told me the same thing. I said, listen, I said, this is my dad's dog tag. It's going with you. I want that back. And I want you to bring this Bible back and just show it to me. You know, in other words, you know, bring yourself home. Yeah. safe and, and come talk to me. And I, I could have cared less about the physical things that he, yeah. you know, that we gave him, but his biggest thing was like, man, just pray that I keep my guys safe. 
I mean, that was his biggest concern, you know? And so um, there's a pattern there with, with guys. And I, you know, we talked about earlier, like you grew up Catholic. I grew up Catholic. And so I knew all about God. Yeah. I didn't know God. That's true. I knew about him. Yep. And it wasn't until things happened in my life that I said, okay, God, it's all yours. It's all yours. And, uh, and it's the only time in my entire life that I have completely surrendered. And I hope that it's the only time that I ever surrendered. It's just to him and nobody else. And so, but um, how did that, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about this ahead of time because I really like to know people's stories about God so I can ask questions specifically, but um, how did your relationship with God impact what was going on in your career and where you were at and where you were deployed and stuff like that? He played an instrumental role. I mean, I can't, I don't know how many times I, I, you know, before mission, I asked God, you know, Hey, you know, protect the boys. You know, like you said, it's, it's, you know, I, I think I've done, I don't know how many missions I've done, combat missions and stuff. And I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that you, you know, there's many times when I think there's no one else to turn to, you know, and, and he's always there and he, and it's just weird. You know, I always had a story that I used to tell one day I was, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those guys. I got PTSD and stuff, but I, you know, I learned how to, you know, I've, I've done a lot of, uh, seen a lot of people and they've helped me. Uh, and I have good friends, you know, that help w- work with me too. And one day I was having a bad time and he, it, all of a sudden I, I got out of the car and I was coming back. And the next thing I know, you know, I, I, I turn on my car and I know I didn't have, you know, the message on, you know, on Sirius, uh, Sirius XM and, and that's in a song came on right there. And, it broke me down, you know, and still to this day, you know, just something small like that took me from a very dark place and brought me around to, to say, thank you, God, for being there for me, you know, and uh, it's just one of those things you just can't, it shows that he's there, you know, and I, I mean, I could go or, you know, I was blown up by a car bomb and, you know, and I, I, there's a shrapnel everywhere around, but it's like someone like an angel was right there in front of it and where I was standing there was no shrapnel whatsoever, you know? And, you know, I, I, I didn't believe it, you know, and I, and, you know, looking back, you know, I, it's, I shouldn't be here because of that there, you know, or the multiple IEDs or, you know, that, that's all afterwards, you know, and these other deployments. So, I mean, that's just one of those things that you, that you can look back on and it gives you that, you know, people say God's not there. I say, I, I, I promise you he is. I've, I've seen it in, in work in ways that I've, I've never, seen in my life you know and it's just one of those testaments to god like he's worthy and he is him you know so yeah um you know i think people so often I, who is this person is he related to you is this yeah, your brother yes yeah, my yeah. oldest brother so funny story my brothers are all uh me and my brothers are 11 months apart <laughs> so you know so we're pretty crazy i'm not even gonna lie you know like he was born in january of 79 I was born December of 79. And then my youngest brother, Ryan, was born uh, November of uh, 80. <laughs> wow. Right? Irish twins. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I bet yeah. y'all were a handful, man. Ah, we were fine. What are you talking? Listen, we just didn't have coffee tables or end tables. We, we like to get out of <laughs> <it>, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. I don't know. who. What is this? Oh. Irish triplets. Irish triplets. That is. is that what that's? I don't know. I guess. <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know. Maybe it is. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> well, I know, right? I'm trying to see who wrote that because um, I didn't get a – if they don't sign up for for uh, um, StreamYard, all I see is Facebook user, and yeah. then I have to go try to like uh, – let's see who wrote that. Oh, Ryan, Ryan McCormick. Is <laughs> that your brother. other brother? That's my youngest brother, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, he's the one that said Irish triplets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me and my brothers are really tight. I mean, we're, I mean, we went through a lot together. And, uh, you know, I turn to them a lot when I when I need just someone to talk to. They're always there for me. We have a, a group chat that we just, we'll just get on and get after it. And, you know, that's good because uh, a lot of times, and, and you're obviously family, so that's different. But a lot of times, um, well, I, I can't say that because I think some of my closest friends are 
are brothers that I yeah. served with and they're not blood, but they're closer than blood, you know, yeah, in a lot of respect. Yeah. And so, but I think a lot of times, you know, it's, it's that, that team, that family that you lose when you get out. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you guys are so close and then you all served. Is that what you said? All three of you served? Um, just me and uh, me and my younger brother did. My okay. oldest brother had knee issues. So he couldn't get in, but yeah, my, my youngest brother was at the Pentagon on nine 11. So, uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he, yeah. Yeah. He was on guard at, I think Fort Belvoir or whatever. Or one of them, that was, he said he saw the plane fly over and hit and, and then, cause he was part of the only engineer rescue unit that's in, uh, DC that's military. And wow. now it's called 9-11 Engineer Company. But it, I forget what it was before. But, you know, they were there the whole time, you know, trying to save people, trying to do other stuff uh, and doing their job that they were trained to. And so he, you know, he, I, I, my hat's off to him. You know, he, he was there at the beginning, you know, and then and then he got out, at, you know, about I think he only did four years. So I think people often get uh, lost in the fact that they said, well, you know, the Bible talks about all these things that happened such, you know, 2000 years ago, 3000 years ago. But what people don't understand is God is still active. God is still working today, right now. Um, and and I know that because um, my mentor, he was uh, he did a 15 month. He did several deployments, but the last one was like 15 months. And uh, the very first time that we actually sat down and had a conversation about that, you know, he was talking about being in a turret and bullets coming into the turret whizzing around the turret and going back out and never touching him, you know, and other guys got shredded, you know, by, by the same uh, thing. And then talked about uh, watching RPGs come in and then, and then instead of like changing vector in the air, like when they were, when they shouldn't have been changing vector anymore, they veered off. Yeah. And he said, and that's not, that's not what they do. They don't do that. And oh, so I, that was, that, that was know, a big thing. I saw that, you know, when I was, 2005, we were on the Syrian border, and we were helping out an organization, and uh, we guy was with the Marines, and they needed us. I remember I'll never forget a guy shooting an RPG, and like, he popped out, boom, popped it, and it hit in front of our Bradley and bounced right over my head. You know, yeah, <laughs> front of it, I'll never forget that. I was like, oh, okay then, and so yeah, it was a, and it was a, it was a trip. I mean, stuff like that. It, you know, you just like. I mean, again, there's God saying, you know what, let me put my armor over you and bring you guys uh, and, and save your lives. I mean, and, and show that I'm there. You know, it's just one of those things that yeah. you know, shows himself and such, you know, you, you don't think about it. You're like, all right, I'm lucky, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just how. But, you know, in reality, that could have been the whole crew, like our whole three man crew. You know, we all could not be here anymore, you know, so. Yep. And I even have people, I have a friend of mine who's really sick. He's been sick for years. He's been dying since I met him. I mean, like he should have died already like five or six times. And uh, he told me one time, he says, man, I, I don't know why I'm still walking. And I go, because God's not done with you yet. That's why. And when he's done with you, you'll know because you won't yeah. be here. You'll go home. Right. You know, and so I think that people, you know, they just don't. Either they don't have enough faith or they don't know. Like I didn't know how to, I didn't know what it was to have a, a walk with Christ. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know I could have a one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. You know, I always thought I had to go through an intermediary. I always thought I had to put so much money in a plate every week. And I thought mm -hmm. I had to do this and do that. And, um, and the day that, that you find out that, that you don't need to do all that stuff that you can go straight to him. Yeah. It's an eye opening. Um, yeah you know, moment and, and it changes your life forever. And, and, um, you know, I, I don't know, I just can't say enough about that. Cause I think especially guys who go into combat and, um, the things that you see, you know, it's really hard to deal with. And, yeah. uh, my, my uncle was, he told me, he said, I, he goes, I can't talk to about anybody else, but myself because I was pretty well grounded when I went, he goes, but combat is not going to make your life better. He goes, you aren't going to go over there. If you got a screw loose, you're not going to come back and that screw is going to be all nice and tight. You know, <laughs> yeah. more than likely it's going to be lost and you're going to have a couple more that are going to be loose. Yeah. And, and so he always, you know, talked about it in that respect. And so I think it's so critically important that people understand that, you know, God is alive. 
God is working right now today in our lives. Um, so how many deployments? You said you did six deployments total, right? Six deployments total, yep, in 61 months. I can't even. I can't, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and I, you know, and you move up to the ranks. So I was a, you know, I was a E5 when I did the invasion. Uh, and then I came back in uh, five, six, did another one, another 12 months. I was in the sixth time. Uh, then I did, and I went to the 82nd Airborne, decided I'd jump out of airplanes, which was awesome. I mean, I loved it every moment of it, except for hitting the ground, right? And uh, it's like a car wreck. Anyways, so I did that uh, for like seven years, and I got three deployments with them. You know, I did, uh, you know, I did a lot of touring and driving, and I did a 15 month uh, in, 2007 and then uh it was pretty crazy a lot of rockets and you know i got hit with a couple ieds there and you know it is but i mean it's it's combat you know and there's not there's not much you can and, and you learn to live through it you know and god's always you know he's always been there to help you know to protect and and then i did 2010 uh 9 10 and uh, rc west which was there was nobody over there except for you know it was just us and uh, Spanish and I think Italians were there, and then we, and it was you know it, there was a couple times it got a little crazy, but overall it was more of a uh, keep that Taliban out of their R and R spot. That was their where we were at. We were in Farah, and that was their R and R spot, and they didn't like it. So, um, but I mean, there's some you know some a lot of crazy fights over firefights over there and rockets and uh, bee, that's where I got hit with the V bed on Thanksgiving. Like we just finished you know Thanksgiving dinner, and I was going out checking on the guys in our tent. And we were staying with the A&A &A and, uh, or the A&P. And so we were walking, I came out there on their side and was walking back towards our, uh, our side where everybody's staying. And I heard a, a truck came screaming in and went ran right into the, uh, A&P building. And I remember walking over there and next thing I know it blows up and there I am laying on the ground trying to figure out where I'm at. I was only like maybe 40 feet from it and <laughs> trying to figure it out where, you know, and trying and just, I didn't know. I, like, I, I don't know. I probably could have been injured, but I wasn't. So I, you know, we did our thing. And then, then I did the next one was uh, 2012, which uh, was pretty rough. Uh, that's where I really, uh, to be honest, I lost faith in God. Uh, during it. it was so rough. It was a, I mean, we were dismounted and, uh, Kandahar, Zari, Maywan, and I mean, I think we were you know, like at 85 percent, if not higher. Every time we went out, getting into some type of firefight or getting hit by an IED or dismounted IEDs, or you know, seeing whole squads just get, you know, of other units get get obliterated. You know what I mean? Because of dismounted IEDs, and it was like God. It's like he his he took those all the other points and said, "Let me, I'm gonna test you." And he, he really did. And then, you know, he put me, you know, he, he put my mind and, you know, I lost a soldier, um, Jonathan Davis, that, 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 you know, during that deployment and I lost another one because he got shot through the plate in his lungs. Um, and another soldier lose a leg uh, from a dismounted ID. And that's, you know, and then amongst 20 million other things that really wasn't with my platoon, you know, I, I lost faith. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I was like, why would you do this to me, God? Why? You know, and you know, and I, I, I carry that guilt still today. I do, and, and guilt of you told me you would take my life and not theirs, and so I hated him for that. You know, I wanted him to take my life, and and so that way I could to, to maybe bring them back. You know, even though I knew that I couldn't, um, but I asked that. You know, so many times. You know, you know, always, always that why, 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 and it, and it put me in a. Uh, you know, it's just that PTSD just kept coming and everything. And so, you know, it took me a while. Like, I, you know, I'm still not over that stuff. You know, there's days I just, I just, you know, well, there are good days, you know. And so, but, you know, you know, I've learned, you know, what, how to, you know, take care of myself. And I learned how to, you know, some of those triggers, uh, you know, you know, see that trigger. How do I ground, reground myself, you know, within faith and, and, and just psychologically. So I don't, you know, I don't have these crazy thoughts, you know. And so. And that's, you know, and then I did one more in 2015, 16. It was, it was my first time ever really living on a fob. I've, you know, I've never really lived on a fob, so it was kind of different. But, 
Yeah, but that 2012, it was just it was something different, you know. Uh, like we did aerosols everywhere. We did. I mean, it was. I think we did over over a thousand combat patrols in a six month time frame. You know, did uh, we walked all of the Argandab River Valley from Kandahar to, to you know Helmand uh, and everything in between. Uh, even went to Helmand mm-hmm. on, on a deployment. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a tough deployment. It was definitely my toughest <clears throat> but you know i finally realized you know after a couple of years and i was able to slow down and my last duty assignment was working at purdue army rotc being a senior military instructor there to really like it, it, i slowed down so it really started getting real bad uh you know my ptsd tbi stuff and and i just gave it to god you know i woke up one day and i remember i was in church by myself because the family had stuff going on and i just remember sitting back here sobbing and i just gave it to him you know, and I know there's meaning to my life again. And I found meaning that day. So, which was awesome. Yeah. And, and you honor those people who soldiers yeah. who you lost and you honor their, their memory by not by just by saying their name, by not forgetting yeah. who they are, by oh, telling yeah. people about them, you know, yeah. and, uh, and I, like you, like I told you earlier, you know, you didn't go because God's not done with you. Yeah. And so you have no idea. Uh, this is something that, that I, you know, I don't struggle with it, but I've, I've had long conversations. Uh, two of my pastors that were mentors, three of them actually all prior military. Um, and then my senior pastor. And the thing is, man, you never know what God's done in your life that you tell somebody about that could make a huge impact in their life. Yeah. I mean, something you say could literally pull the gun out of their mouth. Yeah. You know, and so we have to be diligent about telling people about what God's done in our life and how he's changed us. And, you know, I think it's critical for guys like you who have seen combat. Listen, the only combat I saw, man, was fighting over the line for beer at the, (laughs) at the base, you know, bar when I was, I was in before nine 11, I got out in 95. And so it was a long time before nine 11. And, uh, and all we did was, I mean, honestly, I spent, uh, I would get my paycheck and I would split it into 14 envelopes so that I had enough to drink every night. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, yeah. that was my life, you know. And then when, when we would go out to sea for 30, 60, 90 days or whatever, then I just came back with a pocket full of money um, and spent it all, you know, in a weekend at the bar. So, yeah, uh, the, you just never know, man, what part of any part of your testimony, especially like the part. Uh, where you're talking about how you lost faith because it's easy to do because we're human, right? We yeah. we want to blame somebody, and it's easy to say, "Hey, God, why would you do this?" Yeah, you know. And uh, it took me a long time to understand what James was talking about uh, in his first chapter, where he says, "You know, count it all joy uh, when you come under the various trials and tribulations, that it will strengthen your faith, yeah. and it will, yeah. you know, and you'll be left wanting nothing." And I didn't understand that. I'm like, but how can that be if I've gone through all this muck? You know, I, I yeah. mean, me personally, I didn't go through what you did, but, you know, I lost my family for other reasons and for my own reasons. You know, my, my wife left me and we got divorced, whatever you want to call it. Um, but in that process, I met the, the woman who God had intended for me to have all along. Yeah. You know, and so, again, you never know what part of your life or what part of your testimony uh you know, or you're part of obedience too, because that's part of it, right? Is our yeah. obedience. And as long as we're disobedient, we're not going to get to see the blessing. And yeah. once I became obedient, then my life changed. I, I fell in love with my wife and I I realized that this is the woman that God chose for me. You know, instead of me making decisions, I should have put it in his hands, right? But yeah. uh, I think that we, uh, that's probably our biggest failure, right? Is that we, we try to help God out or we try to listen, I'll take care of this. You just take care of this big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I don't, I got once at all. And, uh, and I, I know that now. And so it's been a lot better, but, um, so you, you saw some pretty bad stuff. Yeah. You, uh, you went through all these things, you lost your faith and then you found it again. Yeah. Uh, and then you finally get to the end of your army career and, uh, what does that look like? I mean, ha- have talk about your separation and then, and then that transition. Oh, wow. So my transition happened uh, May of 
2020, right in the middle of uh, COVID. So wow. and, and I thought I had a job, didn't have a job. And again, it tested my faith a lot. Uh, you know, June was a, June 2020 was not a good month for me at all. It was bad. Like I thought I was a total failure as a husband, a dad, because I couldn't get a job and I couldn't do all this stuff, you know, and, you know, and I, you know, then I met a guy and, and he runs a program called the catalyst, which helps, you know, veterans, you know, one, it helped me see my worth, but he runs like a transition program to help you, you know, get back into college, get a master's or a bachelor's. And they really, and that really helped change my mindset saying, Hey, you know what? I am worth something. Let me get some little more education so I can make worth of myself. And so, which that opened up a lot of doors and I didn't, and, and it got me into, uh, Purdue uh, or Purdue's uh, MBA program. I applied for that. Didn't think I was going to get into it. And I got into it. And it's probably one of the greatest things I've ever done. I've learned from so much. It, again, it, it's God saying, listen, I know you've been through so much, but I want to trust me. There's a plan for you. And I know there is, I just have to find it, you know, and it's, it's one of those most impatient things in this world is, is, is <laughs> God, just show me, you know, show it to me. Show it to me so I can go do it. So I can. We want it now. Give it to I, me. I want to change this world, you know. And that's, you know, that's one thing I've learned is that my passion is for veterans. Like I have, I love helping veterans. I'm on a veterans council now that's helping change and hopefully can help change some of the other veterans organizations. Um, in in my back in Indiana, you know, and and so I try to. I love what I do. You know, I go to these meetings. I hear these older veterans. I'm trying to help them think outside the box to. To, to try and bring that younger generation, you know, the, the, the Gotwa generation into these VFWs. Because there's so much knowledge of these older generations that are in the Vietnam vets, you know, and I learned a lot of that. We used to do honor flights when I was uh, Purdue Army ROTC. And to see those Vietnam vets come off that plane and get welcomed home, uh, I probably did four of them uh, as with, the color, with our color guard there. And every time it choked me up, you know, Cause I was never on that end, you know, seeing how people reacted, you know, I was just, I was just so dang happy that I, I made it back, you know, and that, that I was back in America that I made it back and, you know, and, uh, and to see these people cheering these guys on, these guys never had that. And by them not having that and you, they're sobbing and they're, you know, you're hugging them, you're, you know, shaking their hands and making them, give them something back to them, give them some, maybe some more self-worth that they lost. You know, back then, that's God saying, you know what? Welcome home, gentlemen. You guys did an outstanding job. It may not have been visible now, but we're going to make it visible, you know, then. Let's make it visible now. And uh, so that's one of the things, you know, which led me, you know, again, back into the transition stuff. Um, God, he opened up He opened up my eyes to say, veterans are where you need to be. So, you know, for me, I'm going to – I may get another job, you know, once I get my – you know, get an MBA – uh, which will be in a couple months, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm going to go out there and, I, and, you know, my overall goal is to, you know, join, be, be able to get into the, the VA system and, and try and be that guy that's going to make the veterans want to love the organization. Cause we all know it's frustrating. It is one of the most frustrating things I've ever done in my life. And I think it's not so much for me because I, I did get a purple heart and all this other stuff. And, um, but for these normal guys to get out and, it just seems like they don't care, for, like in my opinion, that they, they don't care for them, that they're just, you know, another person, you know, and I, I just, I just can't, uh, it's hard for me to see that. And it really goes back to that. Take care. Please take care of my, my soldiers. And, and, and I look at these guys, you know, some of them, you know, you're my soldier now. And I, I want to take care of you. I want to see you. And that, that's my overall goal, you know, is to eventually one day be in there where I can affect change and to, have veterans enjoy coming to the VA because right now I don't know that many veterans that enjoy going there. They dread it, but they know they have to, right? And I, you know, we do. Yeah. And, and, and you know, some of the people that, that are in charge of these, they're, they're they've never served, so they don't understand what that veteran's going through. They can't see or understand what's happening to that veteran. You know, where he's at, maybe mentally. You know, is he in there and needs some help? And we, because he's not on a list or whatever, you know, he goes out and he commits suicide after that when we had a chance to stop it, you know, never. And I have a, you know, never turn a veteran away. You know, that's my, one of my things, you know, every veteran, no matter big or small, you know, I always tell people, call me, I'm here. I will answer whatever you want. I'll be there for you. 
So, and, and that's where I'm at with my transition. I don't currently have a job. I do a little side hustles here and there. And, um, and I, and I, it's kind of hard, you know, me and my wife, that's another hard part is we've never, you know, in our whole being married for 21 years, I think we've totally been together. I think we figured up to like maybe eight years total out of 21 years. Yeah. With all the deployments and training and all this and, you know, and that's, you know, it, she was a big, you know, influence on me retiring, you know. Uh, so, but. You, you got to have somebody, man, that is equally yoked because I know that uh, my life would not be uh, blessed the way it is without my wife right now. Because, well, you know, she believes like I do. And, and uh, you know, you have to be equally yoked with somebody. Otherwise, man, you're spinning your wheels. Yeah, she's my rock. I'm not even gonna lie. She's yeah, like she like there's nothing that I you know I she she holds everything together. Like she's had to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. She hasn't had a choice. And you know and that's why when she said, "Hey, Jason, you know we were getting ready to retire," I said, "You pick the last wherever we want to go. You pick it, and we'll go there." She chose Florida, and that's you know one of the reasons why we're looking. You know we're going to be moving down here to Florida. You know, and we actually were getting ready to build a house, so it's kind of it's kind of in stone now. So we're going to go to house, but you know, I, I, I thought, you know, it's, it's, I want to get back to her, whatever she wants. She sacrificed so much. Yeah. Um, she's like the army spouses, you know, and, and spouses in general, sometimes just don't get the credit they deserve, you know? And I, I think that's so true in everywhere, you know, I mean, especially army spouses just to see people husband. miss the mark, man, because the families, the spouses and the children, they deploy every time you do. Yeah. They may not be physically gone, but they're struggling with you being yeah. gone. They're struggling, yeah, and they they suffer with you daily. And so, yeah, I I'm you know, I tell people all the time, you know, that the families they they go through everything the service member does, even if they're not getting shot at, or they're not having to eat MREs for you know months on end or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's and sometimes it's worse. It's more brutal uh, for them because. You know, if you're in one of those fields where you can't call and can't let them know where you're at and what you're doing, you know, it, it can be worse yeah. uh, on them just not knowing. Um, and, and it's hard to get past the, hey, no news is good news. Well, yeah, to some extent that's, you know, there's nobody knocking on the door. <laughs> no, telling me, yeah. But it's hard to swallow that, man, when you're, you know. But, yeah, they I know they go through a lot and. And they're so underrated, man. Like, you know, we don't pay enough attention to um, what the families go through. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm, I know there's a lot of organizations now that are look focused on that. And I'm glad, you know, I'm very grateful for that. But, yeah, it, it's tough, man. It's tough on them just like it is. A, yeah. And that's why I always tell people, man, your, your wife and your children, they served with you. You know, absolutely. They did those twenty-one hard years. They did. No, that's and that's you know that's like now you see all these soldiers. You know, they do twenty years now. You know, especially after nine eleven, as these people start to retire after nine eleven, you know they they knew what they were signing up for. The whole family did. You know, and and we, we know it's not over. You know, let's yeah. be honest. You know, you you can't <laughs> you can't fake the Man. funk for so long. It's it's not over. No. And we all know this. And you know, like I always tell my you know. I, it's always rough, you know, because my wife suffers, you know, because she doesn't understand, you know, they see the hidden stuff that, you know, I mean, my bad days and they don't know how to do it. And, it, and it's so rough on them. And I feel like I feel bad, you know, because it's so hard. Because I'm, scared, I'm always scared that she's going to be scared of me. And, uh, and it's just hard to do that. And, and I know she's, you know, she wants to know and, and all that stuff. And it's just, I'm just afraid she'll see me as a different person. Because of the stuff, yeah. you know. Well, I, I strongly believe, man, there's some things that, that nobody needs to know. My uncle, who, again, was in Laos, he was in Vietnam for, for however long he was there. And uh, I asked him when when my dad passed away, like my dad and him were like, I mean, yeah. they were, aside the fact that they were brothers, they were like best friends. They were always together. Yeah. And, uh, and, in, in the midst of his grief, I thought, man, this is a great time to ask him about Vietnam. Right. And, uh, and his answer was pretty, was pretty, you know, I never talked about it again to him. Um, and, uh, and then he passed away this last year, but, but, uh, he said, 
there are things that are not fit for human consumption and war is one of them. It is. And so I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell my wife, I'm not going to tell my kids, I'll take what I saw to the grave with me. And he did. I mean, he, you know, he, he did, he literally took what he saw. Uh, And so, you know, sometimes it's best that they don't know. Um, You know, I, I know that we found out late in my dad's life that he had killed somebody uh, while he was on guard duty, somebody that he knew, uh, but he violated all their protocol and they were on a secure location in a third world country. And, you know, dad was ordered to do his job and he did it. And, um, and he carried that with him, you know, for years and years and years. And so there's a lot of stuff, you know, that happens to them while, you know, you guys, while you're active duty, while you're overseas in forward areas, um, that is really not, it's not okay for our families. It's not okay for us to know. It's really not. And and people are stupid and naive if they think, well, they should tell us. We should know. Why? You don't have any business. If you weren't there, you don't have any business knowing. So, uh, yeah. you know, and, and I, I don't ever get political, so I, I won't go into any of that stuff. But, you know, yeah. if people who know me know, know, I mean, I'm pretty conservative in my views and, and, you know, I believe that God's in control of everything. And, and, um, and that sets me apart just in itself, which is fine. But, um, so what is on the horizon for Jason in the months and years to come? Like, what is your vision for you in five years? The vision for me in five years, to be honest with you is to, uh, be working in the VA and have a nonprofit that, and it helps take care of veterans. Like I want to send up a little uh, camp or something down here in Florida and it can be used all year round and they can come down to families. Uh, Cause they'll be right between Orlando and Tampa and all the beaches and, 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 and to let them come down here and, and, you know, share my experiences with them and have my wife share that with the spouses or the single soldiers or whatever, because I've, I, I've went to, you know, I got TBI from all the explosions and all the IEDs I've been in. And I went out to, um, Marcus Institute for Brain Health out in Colorado and learned so much about myself out there too, you know, and it, it was, I want to share that with the world. I want to share that with these soldiers. I want them to learn, you know, get them out there, get them to see all these other organizations because I, I, I'm just tired of seeing, you know, I've had, I think I had three, four soldiers kill themselves since that, from that 2012, you know, and it's hard, you know, and it's, it is hard to see that, you know, you see them do it, you know, every now and then, and it's just, it's something that we can, I think that we can, as a, as an organization, as, as brothers, sisters of arms, that we need to get back to, you know, we were close while we were in. There's no reason why we shouldn't be close now, you know? And, yeah. and if I can help be that person to help bring some families in and share my story and, or bring some people out there to talk to them in five years, that's what I want to do. I want them, you know, I want them to feel comfortable you know, as they're getting out of, after all these wars to, to know that they're the valued member of society, that what they experience, yeah, it's horrible. But we still have to let God be in control. We have to let God take control, you know, Jesus, take the wheel, you know, take it, you know, make things happen. And, you know, you know something <laughs> I just want to inject something right there because I'll tell you this, you know, the biggest, and, and I don't know, cause I don't have PTSD. I never got shot at. Um, anything like that. I don't have any of those experiences to draw on, but what I do know is that my life came to a point where I had no hope at all, nothing. And I realized it. And the second I realized it, and I realized that if I just give my life to Christ, that that's the hope that I have. Christ is my hope. And, and I know that I'm going to see my dad again. And Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, I'm going to see my wife when we leave this world. I know we're going to see each other. And I think that's the biggest thing is that so many people, they don't, they, they get to a point in life where they, they think that there's nothing, there's no hope. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's where they give up. Mm-hmm. And I think with your story, you know, especially like as a family with your wife and, and, and whatnot, I think you can really offer, you know, listen, there's alternatives to all yeah. this and, and, you know, and God's the answer and he can give you the hope that you're looking for, you know, that you can't find anywhere else. Yeah. You know, and so, and, and the area you're going to, man, I need to, I need to get you with some of my brothers and sisters. Cause I know there's a lot of people 
uh, friends and people that I associate with that are in, in Florida, you know, that'd be awesome. Uh, and, um, my brother who just got deployed last year, Scott, he, he's in Palm beach. Um, okay. and then I think, uh, one, the lady that I had on my, on my, on, my, on this podcast a while back, Donna, um, DA Michael, she wrote a, a book she deployed with the seals, uh, several times. And, uh, she ended up in Panama, I think. Anyway, she's got a, she wrote a book. She's got a crazy story and, uh, she's in Miami, I think. And then I've got people all over, uh, my other, other brother that served with me and Scott both, uh, he's in, uh, St. Petersburg. Uh, yeah, and I'm so, real close to that, yeah. yeah, so you're real close to that area. Yeah. And then Mark Dudex down there and a whole bunch of other guys that absolutely that follow the show and, and, uh, you know, there's a bunch of people that you could find support in that area and, and get something really going. Um, advice for people in your situation that feel like they got nowhere to run. There's always someone there. Call. Somebody's going to answer. You know, call your pastor. If you've never been to church in years, go there. It's weird. God will, he, he will, he will, he will answer your call if you ask. You know, that's the big thing about it. Ask God. You, you cannot believe in him. You cannot, but take that moment, you know, that, or, or call your one of your battle buddies. Call them. I guarantee you they, they love to hear from you just as much as you love to hear from them. They'll, they'll stay there with you. And if not, I'm always here. Find me. I'm everywhere. You know, I'll, I'll listen to anybody. I'm I'm there for you because it's got we gotta stop it somewhere. And if we all have that mindset that we're there for everyone, then we ha- then we have to be. You know, we have to say enough's enough and let's end this. And on a very basic level, man, we're taught that in boot camp. Exactly. They break us down. And they build us back up as a team member, not as a individual. Yeah. And so we have to carry that on. We do. I mean, I've, I've been out of the service since 1995. Uh, and I still talk to my brothers. And then other, like my classmates, my wife always makes fun of us because my I went to private, military, Catholic high school. <laughs> it's good for yeah, you. That's about, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. The private, military, Catholic high school. Uh, and, uh, the guys that I went to high school with, we're like, we're like brothers. We're yeah. super tight to this day. And, you know, yeah. she's like, it's weird. You know, that's weird, right? That y'all are that close. And I go, yeah, but it's really not, you know, but, you uh, you know, it, guys, perspective, it's not, you know, it's just like yeah. being in a platoon, you know what I mean? Or being in, yeah. you know, like, you know, you're there for each other, you know, and, yeah. you know, and that's, you know, I, I love all my, you know, all the different platoons from the third ID to 82nd to 10th mountain. I love all, all those guys. They can call me in a heartbeat. Mac, I need you. And I'm like, boom, get in a truck. I'm, I'm gone. You know, yeah. I love them. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're my go-tos though. They're my, you know, my wife's my ride or die, but those guys are pretty, they're darn near close there too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's, it's a, it's a family bond, man, that grows. And, and even for, you know, guys like me who were not combat veterans, that bond is really tight. And then much, and then you throw in somebody that you actually serve with, where your life depended on the guy next yeah. to you. That bond is unbreakable. Yeah, you know it really is. Yeah. And so, well, man, I, I really appreciate your time coming on and sharing That's your right. story, man. It's really, you know, I I can't stress enough to people, especially those watching or those of you who don't know, if you don't know that you can have a active relationship <laughs> with the God who spoke the world into existence. Uh, he's active. He's active right now. He's active today, just like he was 2000 years ago, 3000 years ago. Uh, he is moving in people's lives. He moved in your life. He protected you when you didn't think you needed it, you know? And, and even when we're so self-centered that we turn our back and say, why? Because I did it too. When I got divorced, I was like, whatever, God, why would you do this? You know, I'll go into church every Sunday. Well, it's not about going to church every Sunday. You're right. You know, know, literally giving your life to him. You know, there's a lot of people yeah. telling me, you got to go to church. I was like, yeah, it's, I understand that. But there's just those personal moments that I have. It's just me and yeah. God in my truck or it's me and God in a walk in the woods. You know, that's that personal yeah. relationship. You know, people that, yes, I love going to church and I, and I understand the fellowship. But that yeah. one-on-one time that you get with him when you're, even at your worst time or at your highest time, you know, and that you're willing yeah. to put it all out there to him. And he speaks to you, you know, by a butterfly or by something. I don't know. Like, like you know, I, I always know, like, <laughs> like that radio stuff. It, that's, that, you know, and these other things that's happened, you know, it's, it's just the, the truth that he's there, you know, that he is yeah. there 
invisible if you just let him. You know, I, I had, I, I've spoken to one guy one time uh, that was, he was troubled. He was, he was contemplating just giving up. Yeah. And I've never been put in a situation. I don't like that situation because I don't have the experience, the combat experience to draw on. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the first question I asked him, cause I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, but I did have somebody really smart tell me one time, you're not going to inject the idea of suicide into somebody who's troubled, especially combat veterans. They see death daily. Yeah. You're not going to inject that idea. They've already thought about it. I promise you. And so, um, you know, once I established, hey, are you actively, you know, thinking about hurting yourself? It's, well, I don't know. And then and then I asked him, are, you know, because I didn't know what to ask. And I'm like, well, I said, do you believe in God? He says, of course I do. And I go, well, let me ask you this, man. I said, you know, can, can you recite Joshua 1 and 9? He says, no. I said, well, Joshua 1 and 9 says, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goes. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that when your girlfriend turns her back on you or leaves you, when your family won't answer their phones, when your battle buddies you can't get a hold of them or they don't want to talk about it, there is always an inexhaustible resource that you can reach out to, and he is never too busy for you. And so that's, uh, you know, and I'm glad that I was able to share that with him, you know. And he ended up getting some people that were able to talk to him in a way that, that I couldn't. And and they you, you plant that seed, and you, and yeah. You, and you, I mean, it's just that one moment in time that you're able to help them, you know. And, and yeah, that's, and that's that's all. That's all we need with all of them, you know. Is that yeah. one second to help? Yeah, you know, that's all I need. Give Somebody reached second. out and gave him a job and moved him, yeah. and got him close to them, and and gave him a support system that was already in place. And and so you just again, it goes back to what I always tell you all the time: you never know what's going to come out of your mouth that is going to affect somebody's life. Yeah. You know, and it may not be today or tomorrow. It may not be, you know, um, and then like the seeds that you plant, you may, you know, it may not be God's will for you to harvest them. Yeah. You know, somebody else. Yeah. And I mean, so, that, you know, you, you just got to keep throwing the seeds out there. Yeah. And You're right. that's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. Yes, sir. And so uh, keep doing it with your with your story, brother. If there's anything that we can do to help you, man, I. Uh, I'm scrolling the GoFundMe down there on the bottom, guys, okay. if y'all. Um, and that's for Kat, um, Kat Mackenzie McCormick. Who's that? Uh, oh, that's my daughter. <laughs> oh, she's watching. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, Mackenzie, thank you for sharing your dad with us tonight. And uh, I, I really appreciate your time, brother. I love your story, man. Keep telling it. Tell it yeah. to everybody who listens. Uh, because it, it does make a difference and somebody, somebody will hear it, man, when they need it the most. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I've been a Christian since 2016. That's when I surrendered my life completely. I grew up in church, uh, like a lot of other people in my, in my situation did, but until I surrendered fully, you know, and started to realize the blessings that God, you know, give somebody who me, like, I know I don't deserve them. Yeah, uh, that's true. But, um, uh, he just continues to bless us. And I pray that he blesses you and your family uh, continues, especially with your mission, man. I think you have a great mission. So um, thanks again. I'm going to put you in the green room for a second and close the show out. But uh, thank you for spending your, your Friday evening with us. Anytime, anytime, brother. Thank you, man. Hang tight. I'm gonna put you in the green room. Hang, hang tight. All right, folks. So another great episode of God country coffee. Uh, you know, it just warms my heart that there are grown men who are not scared uh, to say that they don't have all the answers because uh, we don't. You know, only God's got all the answers. And uh, uh, as always, uh, I love you guys. Treat each other the way God intended us to treat one another with love, kindness and respect. And I'm going to try to end my show with a new tagline. Uh, I did steal part of it from from something I read somewhere, but we should be living our lives in a manner that people who don't know us want to know Jesus Christ. And so I encourage you to live that life. And, uh, and, and I'm trying real hard myself. So uh, God bless you guys until next uh, Friday. We actually have a, a lady coming on um, Virginia Cruz. That is uh, she does PTSD treatment. 
Uh, she's also a veteran. I believe she's Marine Corps. I'm not 100% sure, but the uniform looked like it was Marine Corps. But anyway, she's going to be live in the studio or the coffee shop or whatever you want to call my shop uh, next week. She's from San Antonio, and uh, that should be a really interesting um, um, episode as well. So stay tuned. Uh, hit up our, our site and everything and, and uh, get on YouTube, and, and uh, you can watch this again if you missed part of it. Uh, Jason gave us a great, great hour of his time. And so, again, I'll see you guys next Friday on God Country Coffee. God bless. Good night.